0: Hello and welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 59. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Well, we've got a great story for you this week by one of our favorite authors. But first, a bit of Drabble news. Yes. Yes. If you've been listening to the Drabblecast for a while, you know that there's pretty much only one thing that we love more than short fiction here, and that's donations. But our third favorite thing is, without a doubt, big-ass deep-sea creatures, particularly the giant squid variety. Recent discoveries have given insights on how giant squid do the nasty. Now... We've all seen those leaked cell phone videos making their way around the internet. You know, the ones that are allegedly of a giant squid hooking up. Those are usually too grainy to really see what's going on. You can't really even tell if it's a giant squid or not. It might just be, you know, Paris Hilton again. But this is for real, folks. Now when your kid asks you with those innocent, doe-like eyes, Daddy, where do baby giant squids come from? You can tell them. I've attached the article in the show notes, but it's a little dry. So I actually called up Dr. Steve O'Shea, the chief squid sex researcher in the article, and was able to ask him a few questions about what squid sex was really like. Hello? Dr. O'Shea, hey, this is Norm Sherman with the Drabblecast. Oh, hi. Listen, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's really fascinating work that you're doing. Thank you. So let's start off here. Um can you tell us a little bit about what goes on when you know a a daddy squid meets a mommy squid and they they both love each other very much? Doctor? Yes. Um can you can you tell us a little bit about your research? Oh yes, I'd be happy to. You see, well, male giant squid have a long muscular penis about as long as their bodies. It's it's beautiful they they use this glorious member like a high pressure fire hose or a, a hypodermic needle yes a, a huge hypodermic penis needle and and they implant spermatophores directly into the female's arms by injecting up thrusting. Whoa whoa okay wow that's okay, that's pretty violent then. So he kind of attacks her with his hypodermic penis needle is the female injured in the process? <laughs> well, well yes of of course she's just been gouged with a massive sperm sword you see they lock together beak to beak there are arms and tentacles flying everywhere writhing and thrashing uh, okay. tentacles ah, yeah. and spermatophores okay okay well that's uh, thank you doctor we're, we're about out of time it looks like thank, thank you for coming on our show plunging sperm packets oh, okay. and jelly like eggs right. ah, that's... under the mantle oh, okay you take care now yikes well, our story this week is called "The Interview" by Kevin Anderson." Kevin's no stranger to having his stories podcast. He's had several on Pseudopod, the Weekly Horror Podcast, "Well- Told Tales," another great short fiction podcast, and here on the Drabblecast. He's currently working on a young adult novel and looking for a publisher for his short story collection. So without further ado, the interview by Kevin Anderson. Your son appears to be quite exceptional, Miss Warren, Dr. Etheridge said, looking up through wire framed glasses from the test results on his desk. He has the gift. Miss Warren leaned forward in her seat on the other side of the desk. <laughs> Ain't my son. She glanced to the side where seven year old Anthony sat on a leather couch, entranced by his Game Boy. My sister's kid. God rest her soul. Etheridge watched her make the sign of the cross, thin, withered fingers moving over her chest. Her face was drawn, eyes sunken. She looked as if she hadn't slept in days. Perhaps your husband should join us, Etheridge said, gesturing toward the door leading to the waiting room outside. I think you'll both want to hear what this institute has to offer. She glanced back at the door. (laughs) No, I think he's happier out there. Got eyes for your secretary, he has. I can assure you, Miss Warren, that my personal assistant, Miss Anderson, is a professional, and, well, perhaps when we've concluded our discussion regarding young Andrew, you might allow me to recommend a colleague of mine that specializes in marital difficulties. Can I have some ice cream? Andrew said, without looking up, his blonde hair hanging over one eye. When we're done, Andy, Miss Warren said. She turned her tired-looking eyes back to Etheridge, grimacing. We don't need no therapy, doctor. Just get on with it, please. Etheridge pushed his glasses up, feeling that he had tread into painful waters. Yes, of course. He leaned forward, glancing down at the test results. His scores are the highest I've ever seen. On all levels. Telekinesis, remote viewing. Miss Warren snickered. (laughs) Pardon my French, dog, but your tests are all bullshit. Finding cards with the stars and squiggly lines, bending spoons, he can do all that crap in his sleep. (laughs) There was a crash outside in the waiting room. Sounded like Mrs. Anderson had knocked her file organizer off the desk again. Second time this week, Etheridge shook his head. I'm I'm sorry, Miss Warren, you were saying? I've seen him lift a tractor and hurl it into the barn. Can I get chocolate ice cream? Andrew said. In a few minutes, Andrew, Miss Warren replied. As large as a tractor? Etheridge sat forward in his desk. Not just big stuff. She leaned forward, placing a hand on the desk. He can move folks' insides. Blood, organs, bone. Etheridge removed his glasses. What? Oh, didn't didn't that secretary of yours tell you nothing? She lowered her voice. It's how he lost his parents. Can I get hot fudge on my ice cream? Andrew asked. "'Yes, dearie, in a minute,' Miss Warren replied, bringing her voice back up in volume. "'Uh, the doctor that works on the dead folk, the coroner. "'Yeah, that's him. "'He couldn't understand why the boy's parents had hearts that were turned completely around. "'He said it looked like they had been spun, like a child's toy, like a top.' "'Etheridge narrowed his eyes, not able to believe what he was hearing.' Oh, we didn't think nothing of it until Andy brought me a chicken from the barn for supper. Thought my husband had snapped its neck, but when I opened it up, it was like its gizzards had been put in a blender and pureed. Etheridge took a deep breath, sat back in his chair. He'd seen this kind of irrational fear manifested before. The guardians of these children were often torn between loving them and fearing them. He brought his hands up behind his head. This is exactly the kind of thing that we enable our students to deal with. Society's misunderstanding of their gifts can cause all sorts of developmental problems. He sat forward, peering into her exhausted eyes. I can give Andrew a better life here, a meaningful life. (laughs) I don't give a horse's ass about what you can do for him, Miss Warren said through clenched teeth lips receding, revealing discolored gums. Etheridge was caught off guard. If it's a matter of money... She slapped her hand on his desk. We didn't come here so you could help him. We're here so you can help us. Help you? Miss Warren, I'm not sure what you mean. She narrowed her eyes. My husband and I died two days ago, and the boy won't let us leave. What? Oh, he's using those gifts, as you call them, to hold our souls inside these rotten husks, and it's painful. Painful as hell. Miss Warren, please, go on, she said, laying her arm out on the desk, palm up. You is some kind of doctor. Find a pulse. Better just humor her for a few minutes, he thought, until he figured out what to do. Ethridge sighed and reached for the woman's wrist. His fingers instinctively recoiled as he touched her skin. She was cold. Real cold. Ethridge shrugged it off, letting his logic guide his actions. He felt around again for a few seconds, looking for the rhythmic sensation of flowing blood. "'You know the dead can't sleep, doctor?' She said. I'm so goddamn tired. I've never been so tired. Etheridge wasn't getting anything. He got up, moved around the desk, placed his hand on her neck. With his thumb, he pressed on her jugular. Nothing. Still refusing to believe, he leaned over, pressed the intercom button on the phone. Miss Anderson, will you go to the ward and get me a stethoscope? He released the button and waited for a reply. None came. Miss Anderson, I need you. He suddenly broke off as the sensation of a dog sniffing at his crotch seized his attention. He looked down and saw Miss Warren drawing back, her nose still sniffing the air. Miss Warren! You won't believe what being dead makes you hunger for, Doctor. Etheridge stepped back, disgusted. The sooner he got this boy away from them, the better. He turned and moved toward the office door. He grasped the handle and swung it open. Miss Anderson, I've been calling. His mouth dropped open. His eyes bulged. His assistant was sprawled on her desk, dead eyes staring back at him. Mr. Warren was using his hands like rib-spreaders while his face sunk into her exposed cavity. Etheridge could hear the sounds of chewing. I'll make you a deal, doctor. Etheridge spun around and found Miss Warren standing, her dead, hungry eyes boring into him. You get Andy to let us move on, and I I won't eat you. Paralyzed by horror, Etheridge watched her walk toward him. His heart was pounding, and he thought it would burst from his chest. Miss Warren reached out for him, and he tried to raise his hands, but they remained useless at his side. She clutched his arms and her dead fingers and moved his stiff body out of the way. She then exited the office and joined her husband at the feast. Etheridge staggered backwards, not knowing where his feet were taking him. His heels collided with the leather couch, and he plopped down into it. The bleeping sounds from the Game Boy were just a bit louder than the sounds of tearing flesh, snapping bone, and chewing resonating from the waiting room. He looked over at the boy, still peering intently into the glow of the Game Boy. Etheridge took a deep breath. Andrew, the boy continued playing. Andrew, are you doing something to your aunt and uncle? I don't want them to leave, Andrew said, not looking up. And and why is that, Andrew? Because everybody leaves me. His forehead wrinkled. My dog Skipper left. Mom and Dad left. They left me all alone. Andrew, I'll tell you what. Why don't you come live with me here? And why should I? Etheridge had never had to convince a child. It was always a parent that needed persuading. Because, because I have ice cream, Andrew. Andrew stopped playing and turned to look at him. What flavors? Oh, uh, let me see. There's uh, chocolate and vanilla and strawberry. How about fudge? Well, why don't we take a walk down to the cafeteria and have a little look? (coughs) Any progress, doctor? Miss Warren said, stepping back into the office. Her husband was on her heels. Both corpses glared at Etheridge, hands glistening with blood, chins dripping. Andrew, you have to let them go. Let them go now. The corpses came closer. Hunger glinted in their dead eyes. Etheridge put his hands on the boy's shoulder. I'm not going to leave you, I promise. He brushed the boy's hair from his eyes. You can live here and have ice cream every day. Andrew turned and faced his dead aunt and uncle. He blinked twice, then said, Go away. The corpses stopped moving and slumped to the floor. Mrs. Warren's dead eyes seemed to lock on Etheridge as she fell. Andrew hopped up, sticking the Game Boy in his pocket. Etheridge stood up slowly, eyes fixed on the bodies in his office. Can we get some ice cream now? Andrew grabbed Etheridge's hand. Etheridge nodded, hoping to God that the cafeteria actually stocked ice cream. Being a diabetic, he had never noticed. Um, of course, unless they've run out. I hope not, Andrew said. I haven't had any since Auntie and Uncle ran out two days ago. That really made me mad. Well, that was our story. Hope you enjoyed it. Oh, Oh, sorry. I shouldn't podcast with my mouth full. It was just ice cream. Don't worry. Okay, in a continued effort to catch up with story feedback, we're going to double it up again this week. Episode 53 was Sing by Christine Catherine Rush, a story about alien souls and music. This story got a great response. Dr. Sack said, I thoroughly enjoyed this story. After listening to it twice, I found myself deep in thought about the possibility of a spirit being tangible to another species, along with thinking about sound itself. The concepts were intriguing, enough to cause me to enjoy the story days after listening to it. Jay Allen said, It's neat to think about different species or races having different interpretations of souls. This story was a treasure. The next week we ran Unholy Fruit by Kurt Kirchmeier. That was the Demon Oranges from Hell story. Although this story was pretty much the polar opposite of Sing, listeners all seemed to love this one as well. Kevin Anderson, author of this week's story, even went so far as to say, Unholy Fruit, simply my favorite Drabblecast story this year. More horror, claws, teeth, and demonic fruit, please. That comment comes as no surprise if you remember Kevin's last story on the Drabblecast, Pumpkin Seeds. Indeed, The Drabblecast is your place to go for stories about malevolent orange fruits and vegetables. But we rely on your generous donations to pay our authors and to keep on truckin'. So throw a donation our way via the PayPal link on the website if you feel so inclined. Join our discussion forums and get to know other weird listeners. And tune in next week for some extra fun stuff. The Drabblecast uses a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means you can't change it or sell it, but you can share it with whoever you want, whenever you want. Our staff is made up of co-editors, Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you to watch out for sperm swords. The evening saunters to closing. The waitress turns chairs upside down. Piano player picks up his tip jar and drink, and the bartender shouts last round. An hour ago this place was loaded.